whether it's a lathe, a multi-spindle, uh, a grinding operation, running that unattended using oil, there is a, yeah, it, it is a recipe exactly uh, for a potential, uh, you know, fire. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff. On today's show, we're talking about how to prevent fires inside of machinery. Our guest is Mike Campo of Firetrace, a company that specializes in producing fire suppression systems for machine tools. Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graffpinkert.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. I am honored to be with Mike Campo, Midwest Regional Manager of Firetrace International. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Noah. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, no, this is great. You know, we're always trying to find stuff that that can really help people in their businesses and in their shops and preventing fires big deal. So first, we're going to talk about the factors that contribute to fires and discuss the best ways to prevent fires. And then we're going to get into fire trace. So if things do ignite, it's, it's a great way to uh, prevent things from getting out of hand. So first of all, I just want to get a little quick background on you. Give me like the story of your life in three minutes. Um, you have been in fire protection for 43 years. Right. Yeah. Um, probably won't. I, I can do it in less than three minutes, probably. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I, I started in the fire protection business in 1977 in the uh, engineered fire systems business, protecting data centers, telecommunication centers. And uh, I moved on to uh, working directly with a fire systems manufacturer, which is Firetrace. What we specialize in are smaller systems that are geared toward protecting critical small environments. Yeah, you were telling me earlier uh, that Firetrace is a system that caters to small enclosures versus large enclosures like a room. You guys are sort of for isolating the problem before it gets out of hand, correct? That's, That's exactly right. The individual that invented fire trace probably back in the late 70s early 80s uh, describes it as we put out fires in a box uh and that pretty much you know sums it up we're not really geared toward uh, you know protecting 
uh, areas where there's occupancy, where people can be inside a particular uh, room or enclosure, if you will. So our niche market are these smaller applications of which uh, we're finding that we've somewhat created what I call a micro environment. And uh, with these smaller environments, we have uh, over the years kind of developed different specific applications. I see. So if you were, had your technology on in machines in a shop, you'd probably still want them to have a sprinkler system just in case something else happened because you guys are isolating on the machine. That's correct. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a good point that you bring up there with regard to sprinklers. Uh, sprinklers are, uh, you know, a very valuable fire suppression system and it's more it's geared more toward obviously structural type protection and mm-hmm. and it is uh, almost a all new type construction especially any businesses or anything are required to have a sprinkler protection okay now our systems are really not a requirement they are something that an owner or whoever has this particular application where fire trace is being used is putting it on for other reasons rather than uh, being uh, mandated by a fire code or law to, to put the system on their particular machine. Do you find it interesting that a system like fire trace isn't just required by OSHA or, or some, somebody? I mean, it almost seems like it shouldn't even be an optional thing anymore. Well, it, that's, you know, it's a point that... Do you guys have, have lobbyists in, in Washington just <laughs> saying, <laughs> you need to require our machines, on our, our mechanisms on the machines because the world depends on it? Well, it, it really depends uh, a lot on the application of where it's used. Now, we do a lot of work in the wind energy business that's becoming one of our top markets. Now, wind energy, uh, believe it or not, there are all these wind turbines that you see along the highway. Um, there's not actually a fire mandate that they have to be protected. Those are protected. Uh, fire trace protects those, but in a different manner that would you would normally or conventionally uh, approach an application like that. A lot of people think, well, let's put sprinklers in them. But to put sprinklers in a wind turbine it would be extremely costly and quite an engineering challenge to design something that would be able to pump water up a 300 foot tower. So, um, yeah, uh, th- there's different, you know, there's different uh, codes and regulations with regard to these systems with fire trace though, since it is a piece of equipment, um, it, it really uh, comes into play a lot with the local fire marshals and w- wherever these systems are being used. They might go into a business and see that they have equipment. And here again, it's not usually mandatory unless the, the fire marshal or in some cases, the insurance company uh, or the insurer of the particular uh, uh, business uh, would say, hey, uh, in order for us to continue business uh, with you or to, you know, for us to protect you from an insurance standpoint, 
you better look at some fire protection options for the. Well, that's good for you guys. Well, sure. It would be nice to have somebody mandating that they had to have our product. All right. So I want it. We're going to get more into how this stuff works. But first, let's let's take it back. I want to I want to go over the factors to consider for a shop when they're coming up with their systems and the setup of the machines. So the first thing that they have to consider is running machines unattended. Correct. That is like one of the biggest risks, correct? Yes, it is. And that's more and more, we seem to get most of our inquiries from companies that are looking to run uh, a machine shop looking to run unattended with the uh, technology that's available with machine tools nowadays uh, or CNC machines, if you will, the ability to program them and have them run continuously, you know, can be a very big benefit. Right. But the, the risk comes into play when you're running, first of all, an oil coolant right. and um, some type of high speed uh, machining operation, whether it's uh, a lathe, a multi-spindle, uh, a grinding operation and running that unattended using oil, you, there is a, the, it's a recipe. Yeah, it, it is a recipe exactly uh, 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 for a potential, uh, you know, fire. And mm -hmm. we come into uh, play there by offering a, a very uh, simple economical solution to suppress a fire right. that would develop in, uh, in an unattended uh, CNC operation. So if you don't want to buy a fire suppression system, don't run your machines unattended and run water soluble. Well, uh, that is uh, well, a lot of people do that. You know, uh, one of the main reasons, uh, or not, maybe I shouldn't say main reason. There's, I'm sure, uh, machine shop owners would uh, would have some other ones besides. But as soon as you switch to running oil, yes, the big thing that comes into play is now you introduce the potential for a fire. Yeah, yeah. And is the the catalyst for the fire? Is it usually like tool breaks or? the dust from miscollectors what what are the what are the what are the factors that are gonna ignite this nice combination of uh mist oil mist yeah and, and that that's the big one so if you picture a box with a mist in it an oil mist it's almost a, if you will comparable to a cylinder in a in a vehicle when you have uh, uh it, in particular, it would be something like diesel fuel, where you actually mist it into the cylinder, and then you ignite a, a plug, a spark plug, which creates uh, an explosion. Now, that in certain forms is what happens when a, uh, a CNC that is using an oil coolant, uh, you get this oil mist in there, and they even have specific systems that evacuate that mist uh, as, the, as the machining process is going on. Well, a broken tool or any type of uh, activity that would cause a spark in that mist okay. 
is just like that spark plug in an engine cylinder and away it goes. And those are usually not very slow burning fires. They're pretty violent and uh, they occur very rapidly. Are there certain materials that are, that, that cause bad fires more than others, more, more risks to go over? Uh, Well, sure. It would be, um, as far as the, it could be the material, sure. Being, uh, uh, being machined, um, most of the applications where uh, where we uh, come into play for protection are uh, the, the titaniums, the stainless, the, just regular steel, um, those kind of uh, even aluminums where you are machining that and uh, the, the friction caused uh, that could ignite the oil mist. It might not only be a broken tool, but it could be uh, uh, a failure of the, uh, of the pump, the oil pump, uh, and the coolant, uh, being interrupted. Okay. If that occurs, um, uh, the mist that's still there is, uh, a potential, uh, for combustion and, we come into play, uh, uh, in that respect. Okay. For every single kind of machine, you know, what if you're on like a six spindle CNC index or you're on a Swiss machine, Mm -hmm. is it basically like one fits all or are there like a bigger, is there a bigger fire suppression system for a bigger machine? Well, that's one of the things about, uh, that our systems, we, they are, they're not engineered, which is a term used in, in fire protection every once in a while. Engineered systems would be those that apply to protecting uh, rooms or real specific applications where we can standardize with CNC machines because looking at the machining volume is the focus area that we want to protect. And then we have particular uh, fire protection cylinders with a chemical in them that's preset. And we plug, basically plug that particular tank assembly into the volume that it protects. So if we look at the volume, the length, width, and height of the machining air uh, space, and mm-hmm. then say, okay, this particular tank assembly fits into that protection of that particular volume. There's things like concentration of fire protection agent uh, that are taken into consideration when we design those uh, pre-engineered uh, tank assemblies. So we know that this tank will protect a, up to a specific volume. Okay. So they do make for something larger, you have a bigger tank. That's correct. Yep. All right. So let's go to the nitty gritty, the roots of this whole thing. How does it work? What is the, you know, the quick explanation? Because I think it is a pretty simple way in the end of, of how the mechanism functions. Give it start to finish. Fire comes. Sure. What's going on? Yeah. One of the, uh, how the system works is also very unique. And the invention uh, came about from a, a gentleman in, in Great Britain that, uh, developed a thermoplastic tubing that had the capability of holding pressure for an extremely long period of time. So you think, 
what could you do with a piece of tubing, six millimeter diameter tubing that would apply to fire protection? So what he was able to do was take this. Piece did he have this application in mind when he was inventing this? Yeah, yeah, he did. And okay. what, where its first application for fire trace was on farming equipment, in particular a combine. He was uh, given a, a a charge, so to speak, or an uh, an opportunity by the British government. They were having an excessive number of of uh, fires on combines, and how can they protect these? And it was also related to the insurance companies that were paying large sums of money on these uh, burned up uh, pieces of farm equipment. And he came up with a very simple solution to put this fire protection, small fire protection system that didn't require any electrical energy and applying this tubing as a heat sensor inside the engine compartment. Okay. The unique capabilities of that tubing were or are that when it's pressurized, it becomes a linear pneumatic heat sensor. So anywhere along the length of the tube, when it comes in contact with a flame or an extremely high temperature, the pressure in the tube expands, the material softens, and the tube ruptures. When it ruptures, it releases pressure that is holding a piston down in the fire protection tank it releases and then the fire chemical is dispensed into the protected volume so okay. no electrical energy it's all a pressure operated sequence right so once it can no longer hold it fire it does its thing yeah and um when we uh, were speaking with the gentleman that invented it, he made the comment that we operate best when we fail. So it actually is when the system fails. That's when it's working. It operates. So when it loses pressure, it fails. The system actually operates. So there's in, in that particular mode, we really do not have what we call false actuations. There's not, you always hear this, well, the, uh, the system went off. It was a false alarm. It was a false ah. discharge. Really, technically, you don't have that with this particular type of system. Very interesting. So it only goes off if it's supposed to. Yeah, it only goes off when it's supposed to. That's correct. <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what it's supposed to do. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to do. And there are a few things that, you know, a few caveats, correct? Magnesium can't... What happens if, if you were machining magnesium? Yeah, that's a, a, good, a good point to bring up. Um, well, what we primarily address in machining fires is oil. It, it is the, it's a, you know, the flammable liquid. So if people are using like a CNC lathe with water-based coolant, they really probably don't need fire tracer? There's no, there's not a fire hazard there. Metal fires, which you were alluding to earlier when you were talking about magnesium, those are a different class of fire. Fires are classified in, in different categories mm -hmm. and by the national fire codes and the national fire protection association, they have a, a classification for different types of fires. The most common classifications that we hear are A, B, and C. 
class A fires, if you ever hear, are wood, paper, fibrous materials like that. Class B fires are flammable liquids. Class C fires are uh, electrical fires. Right. You hear that about certain machines, quite a few machines. Yeah. And class D are metal fires. Now, metal fires are a different, a different uh, hazard. Okay. They are very, very difficult to suppress. And for the most part, most fire protection systems do more simply contain them rather than well, what is them. what is okay so the tube ruptures then what's going on what does it release onto the fire we release um, a variety of different chemicals based on there are certain things that can determine what what chemical we would rec or we would recommend on a cnc fire it, they're primarily going to be those class b oil type fires mm-hmm. and we would use, uh, uh, in many cases, very clean fire suppressants. We want no cleanup afterwards. There's no powder. There's no residue from that chemical. And uh, this is very critical in, in those particular applications. The reason we, we don't get into the metal fires is because they, the only thing that we have available are uh, are powders and to to suppress those or to contain them you have to use a sand like uh, powder uh. which is not a really good uh, thing to discharge into a CNC machine right it's sort of a last resort thing so what do you tell people if they come to you and they want a system and then they're like oh yeah by the way we're doing magnesium or or something like that you, do, 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 you re, do you recommend a different, a different product or do you just say, hey, have a bag of sand next to the machine? Well, uh, a, a lot of companies do. They have these, if you ever see a CNC machine and there's a yellow fire extinguisher next to it, that is a metal fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see that quite often. There are some other chemicals. Um, there are gases such as argon, that can be used to suppress. It's very clean. It's a gas. Um, the systems are a little more complex and they're expensive. Uh, they're high pressure. And that is an alternative. We, uh, with our small systems do not, uh, at this particular point offer anything like that. Okay. Well, what about the electrical fires? Like we've sold at Graf Pinkert, we've sold some MS, indexes you sell it to somebody and then they want to complain and they go oh i can tell there's been a fire in this machine in the electrical cabinet and we always say well this is normal this is a typical thing to happen do you guys also handle the electrical fires or is it mainly just the oil fires no we, we can definitely uh, handle the uh, electrical components interestingly we have a a system uh, a little bit uh, well, it is unlike the the systems that we provide for CNC machines and some other applications where we specifically go after electrical panels, electrical uh, compartments, things like so that. So people might have two different products on their machines then? Yeah. Okay. Quite possibly, yes. We've, we've done that in some cases where, uh, just like you said, even with an index machine, there might be an electrical section 
Am I right? Is this something that you encounter or am I getting something mixed up? Well, I, I have encountered it. Not, not, not that often, but we primarily focus on the machining volume, but we have had some applications where a, a particular customer has said, I'd like to, I'd like to have something to protect my electrical component section here. And mm -hmm. we have something which is a, a smaller and even a very simple uh, system using fire trace, using that tubing. And uh, it, it's very effective and very clean and can suppress fires in electrical applications uh, very quickly. Interesting. How often are you selling machines aftermarket or, you know, after people have, have bought a machine and versus just bundling it in with the machines? There are uh, a few customers that we have that manufacture uh, CNC machines that <clears throat> have fire trace as an option. The majority of the... Oh, you're talking about like a machine tool builder, like yes. Star or something. Yes. Or Haas. Or Haas, okay. yeah. That would use uh, as an option if they someone comes to them and says, hey, I want to buy a particular machine. Uh, they would... Uh, Who are the ones that do it? You don't have to tell me. I'm just curious. Uh, 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 I'll give you one example. Uh, uh, a company, uh, uh, TrueTech, makes a nice, uh, very nice uh, uh, CNC grinder. And uh, their option uh, for any of their clients that want a fire protection system, one of their options is uh, fire trace. Okay. As the unit is manufactured, uh, a fire trace system uh, is installed. But normally, I mean, you're, you're a salesperson. So, so how are you normally selling them? Are you, they are primarily uh, the majority of them are usually aftermarket. So the distributor doesn't, doesn't sell the machine with, it right on it generally some of them do uh, if, if and they'll package it some of the cnc dealers will will say okay the dealers themselves yeah if they okay. get approached if they get approached and say uh, uh hey uh, i, I want to buy a particular machine and uh I, i'm worried about i want to run unattended using oil with this machine do you have a fire protection option we are available. In some cases, we work directly with the CNC dealers or we connect the uh, CNC dealer with one of our fire protection distributors that will install okay. the system uh, as a separate contract. But it sounds like your business though is a lot of people just end users coming straight to Firetrace. It's not like a computer you buy that has antivirus software installed on it or whatever. It's, it's like, no, no, it is. You're right. It is a lot of, uh, you know, through our website, uh, we, we get a, a ton of inquiries and, mm -hmm. um, also over the years and with our participation and exposure at various machine tool trade shows and, and through the, the website and, just over the years, the I think the reputation that we have developed and the brand that we have developed in the CNC uh, industry has been has yeah. been great to us. I mean, it is what's a bigger business, the turbine business or the CNC business? Well, at this particular point, um, the turbine business is uh, doing very well for us. Uh, one of the reasons is we provide a very unique 
uh, application there, and the systems are a little more complex than a, a CNC system. Is it the same putting out oil fires and electrical fires? It's the same stuff? Uh, it, it is. It's primarily uh, focused on electrical fire applications in the turbines. Okay. There are some oil applications around the generator and areas like that in the turbines, but uh, the, the primary focus there is electrical cabinets, uh, PLC cabinets, and things like that in the uh, in what they call the turbine nacelle. Is business hot right now, though, for the CNC machines? Because this is really important for everybody to know, you know, as far as how the economy is doing. And well, sure, and. Just like anything else, uh, there was a, a slowdown uh, when the pandemic uh, started in March for us, but it has it, it has been coming back. Well, everybody wants Swiss machines right now. Yeah, and it's it's been uh, we've been we've been very busy lately, and uh, we uh, we think that this uh, trend will continue. It's you know the manufacturing, especially the you know the industries that. Uh, we think will even improve is when um, uh, aerospace, we do uh, obviously the CNC machining in aerospace. Uh, we wanna see that uh, that come back. It's uh, a little bit subdued right now, obviously due to people not traveling as much, but right. some of the other ones, the, uh, the medical industry and the automotive industries are, uh, are coming along very nicely. Good, good. So how much does one of these things cost? What's the range? I look at the at fire trace uh, uh, to range anywhere from oh two to four percent of what the uh, maybe up to five percent of what the machine costs. All right, but what if you buy a used I don't know a used star from two thousand eight or whatever? Like I mean, that doesn't answer my question. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say that um, an an average CNC machine. Uh, cost uh, would be in the uh, in the six to seven thousand dollar range on a machine. Okay, that's ready to go and out the door. Installed. Installed. Yeah. It's probably is it quick to install? Take a uh, couple hours. It usually takes. A, I would say in most applications where I've seen these installed by a certified trained fire uh, fire trace uh, uh, technician two to four hours. Mm -hmm. Is there really any learning curve or was it just, is it just like, there you go. And hopefully you won't have to use this. No, there, there is a little bit of a learning curve and uh, you know, just like anything else, the systems are, uh, are engineered to be rather simple. And I think people are, uh, especially some of the, the, the technicians, the fire technicians and OEM accounts that we have that install the systems are, amazed on the simplicity of mm -hmm. the design and that's one of the one of the features of it it is rather uh it's it's a lot easier to uh install first of all you don't have any electrical components so it's not an electrical system there's no there are no control panels batteries things like that so it runs 24 7 without having to you know, make sure that there's electrical energy or backup electrical power. Are there alternative forms of fire suppression systems? I mean, because I see different ones. I mean, we see different ones coming from other countries. Sure. Do they work similarly, generally? 
for the most part, fire trace is pretty unique. There are some, there are some what I, <laughs> I, I call knockoff systems. Fire trace mm-hmm. invented the particular technology of these of that tubing I mentioned. Sure, there are other fire systems. Okay, but one of the things that we focus on, as I mentioned earlier, is that micro environment. So there are a lot of companies that make engineered systems that are excellent, but it's it's almost an overkill. Whereas we provide with that niche market going after that specific uh, smaller enclosure, we're focusing on those and therefore uh-huh. the pricing structure and everything that we have with our systems fits a little bit better into taking a large engineered system and scaling it down to protect the smaller enclosure. Okay. Cause I want, you know, like, you know, sometimes we'll sell a machine from Japan and it comes with a fire suppression system. So is a fire suppression system, a fire suppression system? I'm sure. I mean, you're a salesperson, so you're clearly going to have some kind of argument why they're different, but. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things too, is when, if a system comes in from, for instance, comes into the United States from Europe or Asia or, wherever we we have certain regulations and codes whether they're department of transportation or certain other fire protection uh, agencies and and codes and things where our systems fit into all of those categories for use in the united states Uh, so a system coming in from germany and there are there are some really good systems but their pressure vessels and their tank assemblies may not be in compliance with United States regulations from the, the Department of Transportation or whatever. And um, that obviously presents opportunities for us. So somebody, some inspector may come in from say OSHA or wherever and see that system and go, you know, that's, that's not legit here. Yeah. In most cases, it's not so much uh, OSHA, but as it would be from uh, either insurance. A, a local fire marshal or I- even an insurance carrier. Some of the ones that are really uh, focusing on uh, the fire protection aspect and that are familiar with it would recognize that, hey, that's not in compliance with what should be on that machine. Okay. And uh, therefore, it could be a reason to uh, look at another alternative. Really interesting. A couple, couple other little questions. Uh, what is something really interesting that you learned um, in the last week? Something interesting that I have learned in the last week. It doesn't have to do with doesn't have to do with fire suppression or machining or world peace or anything. It can <laughs> anything. Well, let's see. Well, I think um, from a personal standpoint, I guess uh, practicing a, a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of patience. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, with with the pandemic, uh, being at home a lot. I have uh, my my grandkids close by and everything else. And uh, uh, a lot of times, if you if you are either working at home or I'm fortunate enough now to be in 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 my office, but. Uh, yeah, they um, they can present some challenges, and 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 I think uh, you know the older I get, I, I I think I've learned to be a little more patient and uh, understanding, and uh, with with a lot of things that are going on, whether it's you know some of the things you hear on the news, uh, and uh, even you know personally with uh, 
with uh, dealing with uh, young children and and things like that. I, I it's like I've been there, done that, and now it's a it's a come around again with uh, with grandchildren. But okay. they're a joy and uh, that type of thing. So for whatever that's worth, it's uh, yeah, sure. Go back to a, a negative thing. Uh, what are the fires that Firetrace must put out? What are the problems you guys? have um customers come to you and they say what what the hell why didn't it work or whatever how often are you quote unquote putting out fires yeah yeah it's a and um you're right where i i I think a lot of my company it's you know just like anybody i i I mean uh a good company is good at damage control you know that's that's exactly right and i i always um when I look at uh, Firetrace, one of the main, we operate on pressure. We have to have pressure to operate. Whereas other systems need electrical energy to operate, we need to have pressure. So what would be the bad thing that we need to watch out for and continue to improve is containment of pressure. So we leaks, if systems have pressure leaks, there's various uh, situations that would can cause pressure leaks, whether it's a faulty component of ours or installation uh, problems, or the, the environment that we're protecting may be the cause for some of the leaks. So those you know that's one of the that's one of the things that's always on our mind that we're always trying to improve. Okay. So even though it seems like a very simple, the way you present it, it's a very simple technology. You're constantly doing R&D. Exactly. Well, Mike, thank you so much. It was really good to reconnect with you. Thanks so much for doing the interview. Yeah. Well, my pleasure. And thank you for the invite and, uh, and for reaching out to reconnect. From today's machining world, this is a Swarfcast production. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to see extended video interviews and join our mailing list. I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our audio engineer is Bill Steffi. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information on todaysmachiningworld.com.